Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that Connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our Give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the Word as we look at it together. It was a, a great weekend to be together as we kick off our Christmas season together at Big Valley Grace Community Church. I want to say welcome to all of you who are brand new here in the Worship Center on the Modesto campus. Welcome to everyone who's joining us live right now on our online campus. And we're excited to be together. We're going through a series called Peace Together as a church, looking at the peace that God gives us. We're going to be looking at this over the entire month of December. If you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, uh, that's okay. We want to help you in two ways. The first way is that the screens in the room are going to have the verses that I read on them. But also, after the gathering, we have a room we pray for people in. It's the sign over here that says the altar room. That's just a room we pray for people in. And we have Bibles in there we want to give you as a gift. And so if you do not own a Bible, please come to our prayer room right after the gathering. We want to give it to you as a gift. We want every person to have a copy of God's Word so that you could read it on your own. As we look at Ephesians chapter 2, there's a verse I want to share with you first that's out of Isaiah. And it's a verse that I'm going to guess you've seen around town. It's a verse that our culture seems to have uh, grabbed a hold of during the Christmas season. And I'm guessing that whether you, you went into a store and you went into Hallmark or you went into Target or you went into Hobby Lobby, you were at the mall, somewhere you've seen a portion of this verse in our community. And it's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This verse came about because God spoke to a prophet named Isaiah about the context of things in history that were to come. And in this particular verse, God is telling Isaiah about a child, a child that's going to be born, and the child is going to impact the government systems. It says the government would be upon his shoulder, that this child would have names given to the child, titles given to the child, like wonderful counselor. And in the context of that, it is really... Uh, uh, someone from a, even a military standpoint who would have an understanding of strategy or someone who would counsel wonders, mighty God, 
Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Well, as we're focusing on peace in the month of December at Big Valley Grace Community Church, I want to hone in on that one title that's right there, Prince of Peace. Who is this Prince of Peace, this child that was to be born, and does it matter for our lives? My family has been really enjoying reading through this book. It's a really nice book. It's called Peace. It's about the Christmas season, classic readings for Christmas. In this book are scripture readings. In this book are quotes from famous teachers of God's word. There are songs in this book. And my kids have really enjoyed us reading this at night together. It's a fun family tradition. It's beautiful inside. There's wonderful pictures. It's a really neat book to to go through together with my kids. We've made this book available to you. You may need a resource like this in your home to really talk about with your family about the peace of God. And so these are available in our on-campus bookstore. My family has really enjoyed using it. Maybe it would be a blessing to you. If so, pick one up and use it in your family also. But as we think about this Prince of Peace, we want to find out, is this Prince of Peace relevant for our lives right now? And that's what we're going to look at in Ephesians chapter 2. Four ways that the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus, this child to be born, this Prince of Peace, four ways the Prince of Peace, Jesus, is relevant to your life, to my life right now in 2022. The first way that we're going to look at how the Prince of Peace, Jesus, is relevant to our lives is is way number one, the Prince of Peace comes to a hostile culture. The Prince of Peace comes to a hostile culture. And I would imagine that every person here, over the last few years especially, you have experienced places of hostility in our culture as there have been differing opinions, and those opinions have risen to a level of tension that is higher than just an opinion, where people are divided on opposite sides of differing opinions to the degree to where people will not even come together and observe they have different opinions, but they separate and divide, and there is hostility, and there is hatred, And there is opposition and there is incredible division. We have seen this permeate our culture, especially in the last few years. Unfortunately, we've also seen those places of hostility enter into our own homes. We've seen division in our own homes. We've experienced hostility in our own homes. And how is this Prince of Peace relevant for our life? Well, the Prince of Peace came to a hostile culture. Just like the culture we're experiencing has a lot of hostility in it. When Jesus was born, he was born at a time when the culture had incredible hostility. Let's look at some of that together. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says this. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. 
I'm going to read back through these two verses and explain some of the wording. It says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision. Anytime the word un is placed in front of a word, so un and then fill in the blank, that is a term of division. Because the word un and then you fill it in, it says that person's lacking. They are un whatever. They are un this or they are un that. And when we use terms like that, those are terms that divide. They separate. It says, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. Anytime we call one group this and we call another group that, we are dividing people. We're dividing groups. And I'm not going to go into what circumcision is right now. That is something that you can pretty easily figure out on your own if you want to do just a little bit of research and how even that applies to this text. Circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. That word separated, that's a term of division. It means there is something over here and a group of people have been removed from that and separated from it. The text goes on to say, not only were you separated from Christ, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Alienated. Even the term alien, right? Alienated. Totally other. Other from a group of people. What a, what a term of division, right? Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Strangers. That means... These are people we don't know, and they're strangers to us. All terms of hostility, right? Terms of division. This is the culture that Jesus was born into. Strangers to the covenants of promise. And what is the result of these things? Being a part of the un. Being a part of groups that are called different things. Being a part of being alienated or, or being strangers. What's the result of that? What's the result of that hostile culture? The result is this having no hope and without God in the world. Because what this passage is talking about is this passage is talking about a group of people who were not connected to God. And the result of not being connected to God is a, a lack of hope because they do not have the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And there is no reason for any person who is here today there is no reason for you to live without hope and without God in this world, even though this culture is hostile because the Prince of Peace comes to a hostile culture. The Prince of Peace comes to the hostile culture when Jesus was born into that culture about 2,000 years ago, and the Prince of Peace comes and is relevant for the culture we're in now. That's way number one that the Prince of Peace is relevant to our lives. The Prince of Peace comes to a hostile culture. Way number two is the Prince of Peace provides a sacrificial contrast, which is exactly what's needed. The contrast that is needed in this hostile culture is a contrast of sacrifice. The Prince of Peace provides a sacrificial contrast. Let me, let me give you some examples. I don't know what you observe, but I find it very easy to observe in our world Ego, arrogance, pride, 
selfishness. A, a, a society that is very concerned with me, 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 me. We've got a bunch of me monsters everywhere. We have a holiday called Black Friday. Now, I understand why Black Friday was named what Black Friday was named and what that meant originally, but it means something totally different now. Black Friday means you need to be careful walking into a building so you can make it into the store alive. <laughs> that is a picture of our culture. And what will be a contrast to that? A contrast to that is someone who is willing to sacrifice and say, this isn't just about me, and it's not about all what I want, but I am willing to sacrifice for the purpose of others receiving the benefit. And that is exactly what Jesus does. The Prince of Peace, Jesus provides a sacrificial contrast. We see this in verse 13 in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When we say the word, the words blood of Christ, what are we talking about? Well, it's referring to Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. There's a holiday that we celebrate called Good Friday. It's a little odd we call it Good Friday because it's actually the Friday that Jesus died on the cross. And so it's a little bit of an interesting name that we call it Good Friday. But Jesus dies on the cross for the purpose in which this verse explains. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off, so you were a part of the un, you were alienated, you were strangers, you who were far off have now been brought near, how? By the blood of Christ. Because the Prince of Peace provides a sacrificial contrast to the culture of hostility that was 2,000 years ago and the culture of hostility that is 2022. The Prince of Peace shows up. And when we come to talk about Christmas time, there's a lot of festivities that surround Christmas. Christmas, at the core, is Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus coming Jesus being born. Jesus who would accomplish this verse. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It may be that you're so far off from God right now Nothing what I'm sharing is even making any sense to you. It might be that today is the day where God changes that in your life. And where you have been so far off from God. But today you don't have to be far off from him anymore. Because the Prince of Peace provided a sacrificial contrast. And you need it and I need it. And today might be the day that God actually wants to bring you near by the blood of Christ. Way number three is the Prince of Peace reconciles a spiritual community. Groups of people completely in opposition to each other. Enemies who hate each other, who yell at each other, who fight each other, 
And the Prince of Peace comes in and brings reconciliation. In a hostile culture, culture, because of his sacrificial contrast, and he reconciles now a new group of people that are a spiritual community. Jesus called that community the church. It was the name he gave for that group of people, the church, his body, body of believers who have come together in Jesus Christ. And Jesus accomplishes this. The Prince of Peace reconciles a spiritual community. As we continue in our text, Ephesians chapter 2, we see in verse 14, for he himself is our peace. That's Jesus. For Jesus, he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh. And I remember we talked about Good Friday. Jesus dies on the cross on Good Friday. That's what this is talking about. He has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. How does the hostility go away? It goes away because Jesus Christ gave his life to remove the hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself, in Jesus, one new man in place of the two, doing what? So making peace. And he might reconcile us both to God. So not only is peace being made between groups of people, but that group of people who's now one new group is being made peace with God. Reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. How does Jesus do it? He does it because he dies on the cross. That's what we celebrated at Good Friday. He died on the cross for our sin. Thereby killing the hostility. That is the sacrificial contrast that was needed 2,000 years ago. And that is the sacrificial contrast that is needed in 2022. It is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because it's in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that the hostility is able to be removed because the Prince of Peace shows up. And the Prince of Peace brings peace to those who were far off. It says he came and Jesus came and he preached peace to you who were far off. So it's okay if you showed up today and you sense, well, I have been so far off from God. It says that Jesus comes and he preaches peace to you. He came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near because actually everyone needs Jesus. So whether you're far off from Jesus or you're near, everyone needs him. And so he preaches peace to those who are far off and he preaches peace to those who are near. For through him, through Jesus, we both, two groups, multiple groups, have access in one spirit to the Father. This is who the Prince of Peace is. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done. And this is how the Prince of Peace brings peace to us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's pretty clear. If you are looking to have peace with God, the way you have peace with God is through our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loves you so much that God the Father gave God the Son, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, who was born around 2,000 years ago, that whoever believes in him, who believes in Jesus, should not perish but have eternal life. Perish. Why? Why perish? Why are people going to perish? Well, 
I'm not perfect. I think it's pretty easy for us to understand that we're not perfect people. Like, let's just have like 30 seconds of honesty with ourselves, right? And we'll come to the conclusion we're not perfect people. And if you get past that 30 seconds and you're still struggling, I'll just talk to someone you live with. <laughs> and that conversation will take about half a second because we're not perfect people. And that does not end well. Being imperfect people does not end well before a perfect and holy and righteous God. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes all of us. We've all missed the mark of perfection. Romans 6.23 tells us what the result of that is. For the wages of sin, the wages of being imperfect, the wages of missing the mark is death. That's where that leads. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if the road of sin ends in death, well, you don't have to stay on that road because the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus, who we celebrate at Christmas. In Isaiah 59, 2, it says, But your iniquities, and iniquity is another word for sin done purposefully, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. What does that mean? That means when I am living in sin, it is messing up my ability to communicate with God. When I am dead in my sin, it is messing up my opportunity to have a relationship with God. And so I need help. I need someone to bridge the gap for me. I need someone to be a mediator for me, to stand in the middle between me and God so that I might have a relationship with God. And 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us who that person is. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men. Who is that person? The man, Christ Jesus. The prince of peace. The prince of peace is the one who comes between me, a sinner, and God who is holy and bridges the gap because he comes into a hostile culture, he brings the sacrificial contrast that is needed, and he reconciles a spiritual community to God. In 1 Peter 3.18, it tells us how he did it. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. And we talked about Good Friday. When Jesus dies on the cross... He dies on the cross for the purpose of taking care of our sin. Jesus being righteous for us who are unrighteous. Why? That Jesus might bring us to God. And that changes our life. When we're brought to God, it changes our life. In John 1, 12, it says, but to all who receive him, so everyone who receives the Prince of Peace, who receives Jesus as their Savior, who believed in his name, who's trusting in the name of Jesus, he, God the Father, gave the right to become children of God. That is incredible to think that because of the Prince of Peace, because of the Prince of Peace, we are able to have a relationship with God and be called his kids. It's an amazing thing to be a child of God. It's an amazing thing to have God be my heavenly father. Don't you want to be a child of God? How do I do that? 
How do I become a child of God? Well, in Romans 10, 9, it gives us some instructions. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and, and, and so when we celebrate Christmas, we're talking about Jesus being born, and Jesus is God. He is the Son of God. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what is that referring to? Well, we talked about Good Friday, Jesus dying on the cross. Well, Jesus dies on the cross on Good Friday. He was taken down from the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And on Sunday, he was resurrected to new life. That's when we celebrate Easter or Resurrection Sunday as a holiday in our culture. We are celebrating that Jesus didn't stay dead. That Jesus was raised to new life. And this verse is saying, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, there will be a result in your life. And what is the result that will happen in your life? You will be saved. So how can I have that salvation? Well, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, this verse says you will be saved. And you may be thinking, I want that. I want to have that. I want to be saved. I want to have salvation. Well, we want that for you. We want that for you as well. I want to share with you a prayer. This is a prayer that has been prayed literally by millions of people all around our world. There was an evangelist named Billy Graham. And he traveled the entire world doing crusades with millions and millions and millions of people all over the world being translated into tons of different languages. And he would lead people through this prayer. And I want to share the prayer with you and then I want to give you an opportunity to pray it out loud with me today. Let's look at this prayer together. It starts, dear God. And the way it starts, dear God, is because we are actually talking with God when we're praying. We're talking to God when we're praying. That is what prayer is. We're talking to God. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. That's us acknowledging before God, we are not perfect. And I ask for your forgiveness. That's understanding that Jesus is the one who forgives us because of his death on the cross. He pays for our sin. And so we're going to God and asking for forgiveness. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. At the core of Christmas is Jesus being born. That is the reason we celebrate Christmas. And we are acknowledging that that Jesus who was born around 2,000 years ago is the son of God. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. That's saying on Good Friday, I am trusting that when Jesus died on Good Friday around 2,000 years ago, he paid for my sins too. And when he was resurrected to new life on Easter Sunday morning, we're believing that he is still alive. He died for my sin and that you raised him to life. And I want to trust him as my savior. And that is a very important line in this prayer. Because in this prayer, what that is saying is, I'm actually going to believe in Jesus. And I'm going to trust in Jesus. Because I need Jesus to be my savior. And not only that, I want to follow him as Lord because I believe this Jesus is God. 
and I want to know God, and I want my life to be impacted by knowing God, and so I want to follow Jesus. I want to trust him as my Savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. And then it says, guide my life and help me to do your will, and that is simply going, God, we need your help every day. We need your help, and God, we need you to lead us. I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Now, I'm gonna give us an opportunity, all of us, to pray this out loud, and I'm guessing there's a few different types of folks who are here today. One type of person, maybe when you pray this out loud, this will be a prayer you've prayed before. This will be a prayer you've prayed before, and as you pray it out loud together with us as a church family, this is gonna be a great reminder to you of how you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, who's the Prince of Peace. There's a, another type of person that might be here today, and when you pray this prayer out loud, it is gonna be a reminder to you of some things from maybe previous time in your life. And today, God's gonna bring you back to your faith in Jesus. Maybe, maybe you have gotten away from your faith in Jesus. And today, God is using this moment to bring you back. And as you pray this prayer, it's gonna be an opportunity for you to really renew your faith in Jesus. It might be you're here, and you have been in the far off category. And today's gonna be the day when you pray this prayer out loud. Today's the day God is bringing you near because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And maybe today you're gonna to be placing your faith in Jesus for the very first time. However it is that you pray this prayer, my encouragement would be, as you pray this prayer, to mean it. To mean it. To mean this prayer. And if you mean this prayer as you say it, God will hear your prayer. So, I wanna invite you to say it out loud, all of us together. Let's say this prayer out loud together. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer as you prayed it, God will answer your prayer. God will answer your prayer. Your prayer will be answered by God. And as God answers your prayer, it is going to change your life. God will transform your life as the Prince of Peace comes into your life to do an incredible work. You know, we want to, we want to walk with you as God is working in your life. And we want to know about 
What is God doing in your heart today? Pastor Bobby talked about this Connect card. On the back of the Connect card, I want to invite everybody to pull out this Connect card. I'm actually going to, in just a moment, invite a team to come forward, and they're going to come up and down the aisles to collect these. So we're going to finish filling this Connect card out right now together. On the back, it says, My Decision. And if you're here and today you are receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time, the first box right there, I would encourage you to mark that box. Let us know. We want to be celebrating with you and we want to be praying for you about this incredible moment that is happening in your life. Maybe today you're you're coming back around to follow Jesus again. And and you're responding and reaffirming, renewing your relationship with Jesus as Lord and Savior. That second box right there, that would be appropriate for you to to mark if, if that would be true of you. Maybe today, as you're here and you saw in the video people being baptized, you're going, you know what, I'm following Jesus, but I haven't been baptized yet. I really need to be baptized. I need to be obedient to Jesus and be baptized. Then you would, you'd mark that box that says, I would like to be baptized. And then the last one here, maybe this is your church home, and, and you've been coming, and you're, you know, I really want to commit to being a part of this church family. Th- then I would say, I would like to become a member at Big Valley Grace. Just mark that box. I don't know which decision you're making, if you're making a decision, but if you let us know, then we would be able to follow up with you and we'd be able to be praying for you. And I would really like to do that. We've got a team who's gonna be setting aside significant time this next week to do just that and to be praying for you. It might be that you have a prayer request and you can take the time right now to fill that prayer request out, okay? And we're gonna be praying for you this week. So go ahead and fill that card out. I'm gonna invite the team to come forward right now. Just take these cards. When you're done filling it out, just pass it to the ends of the aisle, okay? Just pass it to the ends of the aisle. A team will come up and down the aisle and they will collect these cards. And you can just do that now and the team will collect them as those cards come to the aisle. And I'm gonna continue on with the last point in my message, okay? Thanks for filling those cards out and turning them in. So way number four, the Prince of Peace reigns over heaven's citizens. We have talked about how the Prince of Peace comes to a hostile culture. The Prince of Peace provides a sacrificial contrast. How the Prince of Peace reconciles a spiritual community. And how now we're going to look at how the Prince of Peace reigns over heaven's citizens. In other words, when Jesus, the Prince of Peace, reconciles a spiritual community, he doesn't just leave it on its own and walk away. He rules and reigns over that community, which is called the church. Now, what the Bible teaches us is that Jesus actually reigns over all things. But what I'm gonna focus on right now is how the Prince of Peace reigns over heaven's citizens, those who are a part of the church. We're gonna continue on in Ephesians chapter two, looking at verse 19. So then, you are no longer. You remember when we talked about the un, and we talked about the alienated, and we talked about the strangers? Well, when you come to Christ and you have peace in Christ because you've placed your faith in Jesus, this is telling us what happens. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
What is this passage saying? This passage is saying is that Jesus is very involved with the church, ongoing. Who leads the church? Who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head. Who's the head of Big Valley Grace Community Church? Who's the leader of Big Valley Grace Community Church? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of his body, the body of believers. And this passage is telling us that he is involved. He is involved. And he is leading us by his spirit. The Prince of Peace reigns over heaven's citizens. And Jesus wants us to continually remember him. And the way he asked us to do that is through something we refer to as communion. And so I want to walk through a passage right now from Matthew chapter 26 so that we can remember Jesus as he has asked us to do through the elements of communion, which is bread and juice, okay? That is what is in, is, is in here. It's bread and juice, okay? It says, now as they were eating, so this is a moment where Jesus in Matthew 26, 26, uh, it's being recorded for a meal that he shared with his disciples. Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So when we come to a time of communion to remember the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who was born around 2,000 years ago, who is the core center of Christmas. Jesus is the core center of Christmas. When we come to this moment to remember him, it's very important that if we are to eat this piece of bread, that we do it in remembrance of Jesus. It's very important that we do it to honor him. That is the point of what Jesus is saying, is he is teaching us how to remember him and to honor him through these elements. And if you are here, and maybe today you just placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then maybe this is going to be a first opportunity for you to honor Jesus by remembering him in community. In communion, excuse me, in communion. In community, we're doing it together. And if you're here and you want to honor Jesus by remembering his body, which was given for us when he died for us on the cross, then I, let's honor Jesus together by remembering him, by eating this. The passage goes on, verse 27, and he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. He had a glass of wine. This is juice. Okay. He had a glass of wine. They were sharing it at the meal. So he's talking about the fruit of the vine, grapes, right? And when we drink this juice, the point of drinking the juice is to remember that Jesus gave his blood for us. When he died for us on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And if you're here and you're today, maybe you just placed in your faith, you know, for the first time or, or maybe, you know, renewing your faith, this is going to be a great moment for you because you're going to remember the way that Jesus asked you to remember him. You're going to be able to do that by remembering him, by drinking the juice. And if you want to honor Jesus by remembering the sacrifice of the blood of Christ, and remember Jesus in the way that he has asked us to do it, I would encourage you at this time 
to do that. Let's obey Jesus to remember him by, by drinking the, the cup. Now, there's one last verse I want to share with us. In Colossians 3.15, it says this about the Prince of Peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I remember very clearly as a young man when I heard this verse for the very first time. I didn't have peace in my heart, and I needed peace in my heart. And I remember realizing that Jesus actually wanted to give me peace in my heart. And how it has impacted my life from that day since I was a young man. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is active today and wants to lead our lives today and lead us through his peace. And today's a great day. As people are making decisions to place their faith in Jesus for the first time to renew their faith in Jesus or be reminded of your faith in Jesus. Today is a day when we walk out of this building, Jesus wants to lead our lives in his peace. And that's a great encouragement because we understand the culture that we're heading out into. And we don't go out alone. We head into that culture with the peace of Jesus Christ. And we have an opportunity to invite other people into it, which is why we're doing all the things that we're doing in the month of December, which is why we've got this great family kids festival that's gonna be out here next Saturday morning. It's why we've given you these invitations. You know, we're doing classic Christmas next weekend to invite people to because we wanna be a part of bringing the message of the peace of Jesus Christ to our community. Let's stand together, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna close singing one last song together. Father God, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for this morning. Thank you for how you are at work. Thank you for what you're doing in our church family. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we've had to come and to look at your word. Thank you for the children who have been a part of our worship gathering this morning. God, we, we need you, and we just confess out loud that we need you. We need the Prince of Peace, and you are absolutely relevant for our life today. And so would you rule in our hearts, and would we follow you as you lead us in your peace? And I pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's family said, amen. amen.